This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five. This episode of the Exit Five podcast is brought to you by Demandwell. Demandwell is the best SEO solution for B2B SaaS marketers. They've helped customers like Lessonly drive 40% of their revenue from organic search, and they help Terminus make organic search their number one source of demos. Here's how it works. Number one is results. Demandwell is built for driving the outcomes that B2B marketers care about. Demand, traffic, leads, and revenue. Number two is ease and control. Junior team members can follow recommended steps right in the platform, while experts can customize and maintain full control over their work. Number three is speed. With everything in one platform, Demandwell helps you crank out content that ranks and drives leads in minutes rather than hours. SEO expert or not, you can give Demandwell a try and listeners of the Exit 5 podcast can get a free competitive SEO audit to see just how you're ranking relative to the competition. Go to demandwell.com backslash FOMO, that's F-O-M-O, and you can get a free SEO consultation today right from Demandwell, that's demandwell.com backslash FOMO, F-O-M-O, and you'll get a free SEO consultation today. One, two, three, four, exit. 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 Hey, it's Dave. I just wanted to record a quick intro for this one because uh, this interview is a little bit different than the typical content that I have here where it's not specifically focused about B2B marketing, but... I was just itching to have a conversation with somebody doing something a, a little bit different. So this conversation with Jimmy Daly, he is the founder of a company called Superpath, which is actually a website and community for content marketing pros, not too dissimilar for uh, to Exit 5 and what we have, but his focus is specifically on content marketing people. And he's built an amazing solo business. Well, I guess they have a couple employees, but... Um, he's built an amazing website and community in the content space. And I think there's a lot to learn from the, the his approach and, and what he's done and how he's built the business. And I found that uh, people that listen to this podcast are are interested in, in some other things just beyond B2B marketing. I don't plan on doing a bunch of these, but I had recorded this interview for something else that I was going to do. And I recorded, I was like, you know what, maybe I, I think people on that listen to Exit 5 podcasts would really enjoy this interview. So I'm going to run it here. Send me an email. If you uh, got something out of this, I know you will. And make sure you go and check out Jimmy. But send me an email, hello at exit5.com and let me know what you think. Otherwise, uh, sit back or giddy up on your run or workout or whatever you're doing around the house. And uh, here's this conversation with Jimmy Daly. All right. Hey, everybody that's listening. This is... Uh, 
an early episode. I don't know when we're going to release this, but this is my new podcast uh, called the Dave Gerhardt Podcast. Uh, only, <laughs> I didn't have a creative, I didn't have a more creative name than that, Jimmy, because I just wanted to make it easily searchable with my name. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, it works. And and it, and it works. So I'm super excited. My guest uh, today is Jimmy Daly, and we're going to talk about an amazing company that you're you're building right now, but basically how you how you quit your job and became an entrepreneur working for yourself. And I just was saying to you before we hit record that I recently shared about this kind of topic on LinkedIn and that I'm going to be talking more about it. And just I just texted my wife, this is not bullshit for not blowing smoke, but I was just in line getting a coffee and I texted my wife and I was like, I'm, I'm feeling like super fired up because the response that I've gotten to talking about this topic is just like, is blown me away. People like secretly texting me like, C-level execs who are still in in jobs, like texting me, being like, "I need to do this," uh, and emails and and LinkedIn and everything. So it just has me re-excited, and uh, I reached out to you because you've built an amazing business, and and I wanted to just start going and talk to you. So so here we are. So thanks for thanks for risking it and coming on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Now I'm pumped to do it, and I feel like God, I spent a lot of time in my head thinking about this topic. I haven't been real public with how Superpath works, how it started why I think a lot of other people probably would enjoy doing this kind of thing too. So it's kind of a, it's a perfect form to just like unpack a lot of this. Oh, great. All right. That's, that, that's even more exciting. Yeah. I, I, like I have, I have, um, I have mixed feelings about, I, maybe not mixed feelings, but like I, I'm down to talk about it, but I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be the type of, I'm not going to be like sharing my, my income and my, you know, exact numbers sure. of things. Just, I don't just, there's, there's no upside in, in any of that for me to do that. And I'm more like the thing that I get so excited about it. And it's just like this, this life. I mean, I, I say it every day and I'm like, I say it to my wife and, and my friends and family, I'm just like this path that you can take today because of the way, like if you have expertise, I think if you have expertise in a niche and I'm not saying anybody can, you can't wake up and do this, right? Could you have done this at 22? Could I have done this at 22? No. no. But I think after you have built up, let's say a decade of experience in, in a field, whether you're a personal trainer or a marketing exec or whatever you are, I think you can go and do this today. And so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, but let's, let's just go back and tell, before we talk about what you're doing now, just T- take us to to there, like what, like the short version of your career story. Who are you? What were you doing? And then, like, we can talk about how that led to go work for yourself and this thing that you've created. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so I feel like a lot of people. Uh, I found marketing kind of by accident. Had several crappy jobs, built some momentum over the years, and eventually ended up with with a pretty good amount of experience and some really cool opportunities. So um, the most recent thing I was doing before Superpath was working at animals content marketing agency. I was the VP of growth. So I ran all of our sales and marketing. And it was fun because in some ways I felt like a founder because it was a small company and I had been there. I think I was the, I don't know, seventh or eighth employee at a company that when I left was around 50. So you just end up being involved in a lot of cool things. And so eventually we formed a leadership team, which I got to be part of. And like that felt like business to me, you know, it's sort of like transcended sales and marketing and started to feel like business. And I love that, you know, I love sitting and down and thinking about like the company strategy and all like the, wow, all the nuances and like complexity of that really enjoyed it. Anyways, the, the biggest, the biggest takeaway from that, uh, from that job was at some point I made the transition from content marketer to kind of like team lead to eventually salesperson, which isn't like a really natural transition for marketing people, but 
I got to do a lot of sales work there. And that really gave me the confidence to feel like my skill set was complete or at least ready enough to go try and do this on my own. I felt like that was a hole that I didn't yeah. have. You know, like but, all the while thinking like one day I want to start my own thing, but like I know you have to be able to sell. And I yeah. got some like really good on the job practice doing that. Well, and but like prior just to give people like a longer sense of your career. So I'm I'm not I'm not distracted. I'm just over looking on LinkedIn like you you essentially worked in a in a content so you 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 got into marketing and then the niche specifically that you focus on was like you kind of became a content marketer that that became your thing yeah. and like basically for for a decade if i look at if i do some quick math on your linkedin right from like august of 2010 to june of <laughs> yeah. 2020 you essentially were working in content in some capacity so like do you feel like your thing separate from the business stuff, but like, I feel like in order to, to, to truly do this, you have to have your thing. So for you, it was, it was content. You, you knew yeah. content inside and out. Yeah, for sure. And, and like a, that role, like sort of evolved in phases, right? There's like a content creation phase of my career was all I did was just write, you know, and then eventually got to dabble in a little bit of strategy. And there was a thing like, uh, when I was at animals, Walter and I, Walter Chen, who's my now business partner and then boss, uh, we would do like these monthly one-on-ones. And as we started talking about like my own career, I came up with this model in my head of that. I wanted to be like Jerry West, but for content marketing, right? Like I want to be a great player. I want to be a great coach. And then I want to know the business of it. You know, it's like, if you have to start by, you got to play the game for a while first before you understand it well enough to coach anybody. Right. And then like, as you get into the coaching part of it, you start to understand all the other things happening around you. Like who funds this? What's our margin on it? How do we sell it? You know, like all that type of stuff. And um, that was like a, just that was like a model that I sort of held in my head of like, as I was progressing through my career and I was thinking about how am I going to layer the skills? So yeah, it was for years and years and years, just writing. And that was it, you know? And that was great. Honestly, like there's some days I wish I could just be a content creator again because I really enjoyed all that work. You know, but as you, as your career kind of, evolves and goes on like you, you sort of appreciate all the other stuff like in order for you to be able to write a blog post a lot of other stuff has already happened and a lot more stuff is going to happen afterwards and that stuff became particularly interesting so yeah there was like a a long period of like really understanding content marketing from a few different angles before i felt like i could do this i i do think uh separately because i think like the, the path to becoming a solopreneur working for yourself whatever right i think in 2022 it's you can have a huge advantage if you know how to if you know how the internet works and content and social media and sure. so like i you know i think like as i talk to more people or like we do this podcast and talk to others or i'm, I'm already getting messages like you know how do i how do i start and i just think like um especially if you are fluent in online marketing today like that's that's obviously what what's enabling this right this is all possible because like these are things it, it's basically driven by online online work. And I think that clearly one of the reasons you've been able to build a successful company is not just that you worked in content marketing and talk and, and built and are building a business around this content marketing niche, but like you, you did content. And so for you, like social media publishing, building a website, creating content, all the things you need to like bring eyeballs to your thing is kind of like already in your DNA. And I think that's just a, that is a huge hurdle. Like, I don't think that anybody can just be like, yep, I'm going to quit my job. And like, because huh? if people ask me, they're like, yeah. how did you, you know, when you quit, like, how did you get your first clients? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> 
I, I literally wrote on LinkedIn, hello, I quit my job and I'm taking <laughs> clients. And like, right. that's not to like be, I'm not even trying to be arrogant with that, but that's literally what was possible because I had built up a following in a niche. And so I think yeah. that's a, it's a, un, a undercurrent that I just think is important to like, to call out about what, you know, where, what your path has been. Yeah, for sure. I, I sometimes, I, don't, I might be getting ahead of myself in this conversation a little bit, but I think of the work I'm doing at Superpath now as the slow process of turning a longtime reputation in the industry into equity, basically, mm. right? And I, I feel like I, I, I take that really seriously. I treat it very carefully, you know, but I feel like that's essentially what I'm doing because it was kind of the same thing. Like when we kind of opened the doors at Superpath, it was like, I wrote a blog post. I had a personal email newsletter I'd been building up for years and years, sent an, sent an email out to them. Like there was the, yeah. the, the people were already there. It was just sort of letting them know this new thing was happening. Yeah. Man, that's really good. I wrote that down because I want to remember it to like clip it or something, but basically turning a, a long time reputation into equity. And I think that is so key because I do see a lot of people that they poo poo this, this, uh, solopreneur path because it means like, you know, become a LinkedIn influencer and create yeah, a yeah. course. And like, I've done all those things and I have a whole other rant that we could talk about, about courses and everything for, for the positive. But I think that that's the difference between someone trying to do a get rich quick scheme and sell you a course. And like what you're talking about, which is like you, to me, you're cashing in on your reputation in a, in a niche. And, and it's like, you've built trust, you've built, you've built credibility. And so you're not just like Joe Schmo who created a course because there was an opportunity to, to, to chase the money. And like, I feel the same way. Like I've, I've created a course about B2B marketing that has generated more income than I made in half a year as a CMO. And like, yeah, I have no shame in telling someone like I sold, I sold a course because like, damn it, like what's in that thing is fucking t t a decade of lessons and learnings and, and valuable stuff. And maybe other people have talked about that before, but like, that's from me. And there's enough of the audience that I had built online. Did I think that maybe a hundred people would be willing to like pay for some additional content? That was my bet. And, and they did. And like, you can generate, you could, that could be, you could sell a course. And what if you, what if you created a course about your niche for whatever you did? And like, you made in another 200 bucks a year, uh, 200 bucks a month from that. And that was like, you know, 10% of your rent or mortgage. Like, is that not meaningful? Or it could be, what if you make a hundred grand from the course and you yeah, can go yeah. buy a property or make a down payment? So like, I don't, you know, I, I see a lot of like hate for the courses stuff and I, I'm sure you feel the same way, but uh, I love that line about like, this is based on this equity and reputation that, that you had already built up and now you're primed to go and build a business here. Yeah, yeah, totally. It felt like by the time I finally did this, and there was some false starts, like in in the years leading up to this too, you know. Uh, and by the time I I finally did it and it stuck, it felt almost obvious. Like it hasn't been easy. I would never say it's been easy, but it felt like I have no I have no more excuses left. You know what I mean? Like if I'm gonna do it, so now's the time for yeah. a lot of reasons. The the reputation yeah. thing, but two, um, just like. The, the world is primed for it right now as well. The tooling is there. People get it. There's, I feel like this kind of loosely, at least loosely fits into like the web three trend of like, you know, sort of the decentralization of everything, you know, like niche, niche people. Like, I mean, I feel like you and I would fall into this category. Like, yeah, we're not gigantic companies, but we can still provide super valuable yeah. services to the right people. And people, there's like a devil's advocate to this, which I sometimes play in my own head, which is like, well, if everybody goes and does this, there'll be no companies for us to like yeah, sell yeah. things to. And uh, I think on the surface that's true, but I actually think like at the end of the day, 
probably one out of every 10 people who hear about this will actually go and do it just, just by nature. Like I think it's always going to be, and I'm not knocking being at a company at all. I did it for a long time. Like you can always make good money and, and live like a regular life working at a company. And there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think that this story is going to be out there. It doesn't mean that everybody's just going to like quit their jobs and, and, and go and do it. All right, let's talk about, so, so you, you're at animals for a while. You're, you're at animals, which is a content marketing agency. You're in a content job. Let's call it for a decade. You get to this point. Tell me about like, when did the idea come up and when did you actually go and leave? And kind of like, how did you, how did you go from at the company to starting it? Yeah. So this uh, spring of 2019, I was at Animals and I started this Slack group, which at the time was called the Content Marketing Career Growth Slack Group, <laughs> which is kind of a mouthful. And um, I didn't really, there, there was no like vision of like turning it into something. I just saw, saw this trend of Slack groups and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have one of those. I, I don't know of one. Like I'll just, I'll make one and I'll send it around to some of our customers who like the way that, at least the way agency sales unfolded for me was like, our, a lot of our customers, like we, we were like friends, you know what I mean? Like if I'm traveling, I like try to hit up people, we, we get lunch and stuff. And so that was like our first uh, group of people in there. And uh, pretty quickly it became like this really awesome group of pretty senior content people talking about stuff that I had never seen discussed anywhere else. And it, it was really cool. And um, like what? Just like people talking about like, um, like budgets, you know, like being really frank about like, uh, here's how much money I'm spending. Do you guys think I'm getting enough for it? And like other senior content people actually can help you through something like that, you know? Mm. Or like it's funny. Those are like those are like the most important things. Like inside inside of a company, actually, it's like how much do you pay people? What is the budget? But like you can't ever you can't, you can't ever about talk it. about that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And there was a lot of that, and so we built some momentum pretty quickly, and then. Um, Probably come and this fall. was this was not a this was not an animals Slack group. This was like Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. on his own. Like yeah. happens to know a bunch of people. I'm gonna start this thing. And I, to be honest, there's a little bit of gray area there because I was running marketing for animals, but at the same time, I kind of didn't want this to be part of animals marketing. Like I wanted it to me to be my thing, and it ended up that was fine. Like I had been running this newsletter for a long time. I kind of thought it would fit more under that than it did under stuff we were doing at animals. But like some people from the, from the company joined and Slack groups at the time, they weren't a thing like they are now. It was a lot of changes were happening in the business. So like fall of 2019, uh, Walter, the, the founder of the company was ready to step down as CEO and appoint a new CEO. And that ended up like shaking up our leadership team. And there was like just a lot of changes happening. And it started to feel like the right time for me to start thinking about what was next. And actually it was Walter that came to me and he was like, this Slack group is a business for sure. And uh, I was like, yeah, you know what? I see it. Like, I see it's like probably like- Was he in it? Yeah, yeah, he was in it. He was an observer. You know, he wasn't like real involved in it, but he was he was watching. And uh, so we just like, that led to a series of conversations between him and I about like, how do we monetize? How do we grow it? You know, like, what does this look like? A lot happened between fall of 2019 and spring of 2020, to say the least, when I finally left to go actually do this thing. I mean, COVID among them, but shakeup and leadership in animals. I was like excited to go and do this, but was trying to figure out like how, like I, there was two, two constraints for me. One was I couldn't go to $0. Like I couldn't, I couldn't bootstrap it from nothing. And I didn't want to consult. Right. And like, I know that for a lot of people, consulting is sort of the, the engine that kickstarts this because you can start earning 
some money like right away, but I, I, I really didn't want to do that. Uh, for, for what reason? I'm interested to hear that because that will be, a, that, that is a common thing and it's interesting yeah. to hear you say, nope. So what were the reasons that you didn't want to do it? I had done consulting. So I guess th- this is like a whole other thing, but like I've been doing freelance work and consulting throughout that entire 10 years, always had something else going, which I think was good because you, you learn a lot. Like you got to sell yourself, you got to collect the invoice, you got to make the customer, you just sort of like experience this fuller spectrum of content than just the writing piece or just the editing piece or whatever. And, um, I just found it to be kind of draining. I didn't really enjoy it that much, you know? And I, the thing that I was worried about was that if I got into consulting, that I would, that I would lose sight of the original business goal and basically be a, be a consultant, you know? Mm. It's almost like, so like, so like not having that fallback pushed you harder to like make this thing work. Totally. And it, but it also pushed this other thing, which was that I needed some money to get it rolling. Right. And so that Walter ended up being an important part of that. So wait, let's talk about, um, on the, on the consulting thing. I think you're, you're, you're so right. So there's a couple of things I just want to come back to based on some messages that I get from people. Number one, a lot of people say like, how can I, how can I start to do this? And despite Jimmy saying like, despite you saying I didn't want to do. You're listening to my dad's XFI podcast. Hey, it's Dave. Real quick, are you hiring marketers or looking for your next marketing job? We just launched the Exit 5 job board, and you can check it out right now. It's jobs.exit5.com. We're building the number one resource online for you if you're looking for your next marketing gig, or if you're an employer and you want to reach talented marketers in our network, you can do so right through the Exit 5 job board. Go and check out the jobs over there right now. You can browse if you're looking or if you're an employer, go post a job and find your next great teammate. That's the power of a niche like B2B marketing. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're building here at Exit 5. Go check it out. It's the Exit 5 job board, jobs.exit5.com. Do consulting. You're essentially telling me the answer to that, which is, but you had done it in the past and for, for however many years you had done. And so, so for those people that are listening that are like, have a current job, I actually think the easiest path to eventually go and build your own thing is like to do that. So, so maybe there's one or two consulting projects that you can take on because I think for a lot of people, the big jump happens when they're like, I got to quit my job and quit, quit my job means stopping my current income and then like starting at zero where like, I think you can, you can have some cash flow that makes it much easier for you to like, then take the step. And so consulting can also be a pot, like a a way to, a way to bridge that for, for others, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And I was like, if you've never, if you've never consulted and you quit your job and then start consulting, like, I I wouldn't really recommend that probably like it's a whole consulting is a whole thing. Like, you got to do it well. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot that goes into doing it well. And I, maybe that, maybe there's too much personal bias baked into this. I just always <laughs> found that it was like an energy drain for me. Yeah, no, know? I have a, I have a love, I have a love hate relationship um, with it. I think what I do is a little bit is it, it's, it's unique in that um, the consulting work that I do is not hand, like I'm not doing any hands-on work. It's basically all there is. I happen to have like a couple of wins with to B2B SaaS companies. And there's a lot of venture back B2B SaaS companies that want to do similar things or know those companies. And so like mm-hmm. there, I'm basically just, I'm straight up just trading on like my reputation and my experience and being in an advisor basically with a paid relationship with a, with a handful of companies. But I'm, I have, 
three companies that I've been doing this with and I'm not actively like taking on more for that reason, because I think it is, it's very much like reactive, you know, it's, it's reactive type of work. And, uh, I think it's, I'm more of a, I I come from a more of like a creator path, um, like, like you do. Okay. So, so you, so you, you make this decision to leave, you have nothing to start. I'm, I'm curious to hear about, you said something early, which a lot of people don't say is monetize. And a lot of people say, how do you know, how do you monetize? I'm, I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to monetize, but was, was that a push from Walter or like, you know, you knew this could be a money, a, a, a income generating thing. And why did you do that? I, yeah, that's interesting because I feel like the, the, the content marketing part of me was a little, uh, afraid of the, the monetization part, but I had also just spent two years selling really expensive deals for an agency, you know? And so like a lot of my day was talking to huge B2B SaaS companies and being like, all right, it's a hundred grand. What do you think? You know, you guys want to do this? And, um, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I feel like, actually, I think that, uh, part of that, part of the, my sales experience made me feel like, you know, these deals we sell are gigantic. I don't need to sell deals this big. I could sell tiny deals and this business could be really lucrative for, you know, for, for me and a small team potentially, you know, it gave me a ton of confidence. And actually at the time, like we were really on a hot streak. We were closing all kinds of good deals. I was actually like hungry to monetize. Like I wanted to be on sales calls. I wanted to be like figuring out the packaging and the pricing and making all that stuff work. But then additionally, and I still feel this way. I just think that community, like you know, creator stuff doesn't have to be community. Like that's what my version of it is. But I feel like community comes with all these sort of like grassroots, like good vibes, you know, it's not about monetization. It's about connecting people and all that. But at the same time, the monetization is my incentive to keep it going and make it better and help more people, you know? So I think of it as like, it's a good thing. Like if, if Superpath can monetize, then everything works better for everybody. It ends up being a win all over the place. Like talk to anybody who runs a huge free community. It's, it's a nightmare. They all go to shit. And I think one of the reasons why is because of that. So like, it's just, it's free. The people aren't as, aren't as invested. And so maybe there's like a two for one there, which is like, you get to monetize, which you generate income from, but at least in my, my limited, you know, one person thing, sample size, like, I think it also helps improve with the, with the quality from a, from a community standpoint. There's also other ways to monetize a community. You could have, you could have had a free community and monetize through sponsorship. So monetize. Yeah. Doesn't well, actually, that's what we ended up have doing. to charge for membership. For sure. Yeah. No. So we've never charged for the Slack group, which has brought okay, with it, got it like a host of challenges, like exactly the challenges you just described is like, you get a lot of people, it's hard to moderate, there's spam, there's all this stuff. But my thinking going into it was like, get the people there and monetize behind the scenes, doing a type of selling that I already knew how to do, which was sure. B2B, bigger deals. That's what I wanted to do in retrospect. So like, actually, as this was happening, I was watching DGMG, which then became Exit 5. And I was like, damn, we should have just By the way, our, both of our, both of the first name, both, what, what was the name of your, what was the name Con, of your content, content marketing career growth Slack group? <laughs> that's like, that's as bad as Dave Gerhardt marketing group. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. We actually, my like, wife always gives me shit. She's like, you name, she's, she's like, for someone who like says you're like this brand person, like you suck at naming things. You just pick so like the funny. most little, you can pick the most literal word and like, that's your name. <laughs> that's so funny. That's, it works. It works though. Yeah. I agree. So, but I basically like created a business that I thought fit my skill set. You know what I mean? And uh, 
we've kind of just been running with that ever since. There's like a lot of stuff that's happened, like some good, lots of challenges. Like if I was going to start it all over again, would I do it exactly the same? No, probably not, you know, but it's working pretty darn well, you know? So like we live with some of the problems that we've committed ourselves to, you know? Yeah, I, I hear that. So you, so starts off as a Slack group, it's content marketing people kind of sharing their, their, their stuff. You're managing it. It's growing. I have stuff that I want to ask you later about like what, what makes a community that, that, that people will be interested about, like what makes a community run. But um, take me back to the first, like what was the first deal that you closed, the sponsorship package? Like tell me like if you can, and as much as you're comfortable sharing publicly, sure. like the actual first monetization, the, yeah, the yeah. first deal, the first sale, how do you structure it? Because so many people have questions about like, how do I know how to come up with a price? How do I go find somebody for it? So I'm just interested if you could go behind the scenes best you can on that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, our, our first dollar we ever made was from uh, Len Marketing, CMO at Podia. And uh, our first product was, a, so the first thing we did was a job board. And from the beginning, we had plans for multiple lines of business. The job board felt like a natural place to start because it was already happening in the group. And we just felt like it'd be like pretty low hanging fruit. And, um, and did you build or did you build the job board by, uh, by the job board, use the tool for it? How did the job board get created? At first it was just notion. I just made like a very simple thing in notion and we would share the links in the Slack group. And then, um, very just like serendipitously a guy that had been doing some dev work for us at animals emailed us and was like, Hey, I, uh, I quit my job and I'm building a job board SaaS product and that's nice board. And so we we're like, done. That's great. Like we'll be your first customer. I, so I actually think we we're their very first customer, but actually starting with notion works surprisingly well. And actually we do that for everything. Now we start everything with no code and make sure we understand all the racks before we get in anything bigger. But, um, so that's amazing. I found I, uh, my job board is the, as I have the exit five job, but my job board is nice board. Also the way I heard about nice board was, I think I listened to it on like my first million and they talked about, or it was like a deal. I got it for like 99 bucks on the app sumo marketplace or whatever. Oh, really? And yeah. Yeah. Is that like way less than you paid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way less. <laughs> I mean, okay. So here's, here's, email ROI, here's the ROI for you. Yeah. Email. He's amazing by the way. Like has respond, awesome. like response all the time. Yeah. I am pretty sure it was 99 bucks. I got it like on an app sumo deal. That's so funny. And it's made over. So I invested $99 in some design and we've made over a hundred grand from the That's job crazy. board. That's so and cool. To back to your point, man, I, this is why I fuck with you because the notion thing this is where every, if you have an audience, this is like, please start things that simple. Because for me, I'm like, just want to fist bump you through the screen because my job board was a Google doc. <laughs> <laughs> like it started as a Google doc. It was like people in the community were reaching out and they were like, Hey, I'm trying to hire for X role. Can you promote that? And I think this is about one of the huge things about having a community is like, almost you get these ideas. You don't have to come up with these ideas on their own. They, they tell you. And so I was like, sure. And so I was like, uh, this week we have three featured jobs in the community. And it was like a read only Google doc. And I charged, you know, whatever for that. And after the first month, I was like, wait a second, we just did 10 K in revenue through a Google doc. Like yeah, there's, wild. there's something here. And at that point, make the decision to go and build and invest. And so I, I love that as like a, you start with notion, like how can we prove this out? And so how can you monetize with just a freaking notion doc and, and build from there? I love that. Totally. You know, I feel like people might actually like it better too. 
you know, like sometimes I look back at, at those days and I feel like it felt like a real club, you know, it's like, you're only getting access to this like special doc that like other people can't find. There's no like URL, but, and like, you can't do it forever. You know, like if you're going to scale a business, you just can't. But I feel like to some degree doing it like in hacky ways like that, I think people actually appreciate it, you know? So what did, what did Len, Len, so you build this job board. Did you, did you reach out and say like, Hey, we have a job board. We're looking for promoted role, like featured roles. Like how did that start? We didn't, yeah, we didn't even have a job board, but what we did have a job listings channel in the group. And so I was like seeing the, like anybody could post a role in there and just say like, Oh, my friend is hiring for this, that type of thing. And, um, so I, I was just going to those listings and trying to find the hiring manager and just emailing them being like, Hey, you know, I run this Slack group for content marketers. I can get you more exposure to these people. Like, I'm pretty sure we can actually help you do this. And additionally, the thing we, part of our value prop back then, which I thought we would keep doing, but, but ultimately decided not to was that we would help you vet the candidates. And at the time I was even helping the candidates write cover letters. I was reviewing their resume. So I was, it was like a, like a lightweight recruiting service, really. So I went to Len and I was like, I, I've known Len for a long time. And I was like, hey, your job got posted. How about this? For $300, I will promote this to our group. I'll vet the candidates and I'll help the candidates like put their best foot forward. And he was like, great. It's like easiest 300 bucks ever. And um, we found someone amazing. This woman, Rachel Burns, she still works there years later. And so we had this win right off the bat that was like, one, we found someone, two, uh, like came directly from the community. This person was great. Everybody's super happy. Len recommended us to a couple other people. And we were kind of off to the races at that point, like figuring out how do we scale it? Should we get off notion? How much of this kind of like recruiting thing can, or should we be doing, you know, all of that evolved quite a bit, but it was like, that was like the spark we needed to get it rolling. And don't you feel like it like changed your perception on monetization also? Because like you kind of made up this price of $300. You ended up landing a great candidate for this company. The 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 price to value ratio is just like, it's crazy there. It's crazy, so I, yeah. like, I wonder if that also kind of reinforced like you feeling good about this. Oh, for sure. Because, well, I guess the thing I didn't want was to be like, hey, Len, it's 300 bucks. I'll post it. That's it. You know, like I wanted him <laughs> to be like, this is the best thing ever because I wanted him to go tell all of his other CMO pals, you know, and, uh, and that worked. How like, did you come up with the price? How did you come up with 300 bucks? I think I went on, we work remotely and I think their base price was around 300 bucks. That was it. There was nothing else to it other than I'm telling you, this is how people make up pricing. Like I got a DM yeah. about this last night. Like, how do you come up with pricing? And I'm like, I think you look, if you're starting this ideally you're coming from like a niche. And so like, you've been in the content world, you've hired people. So that's one way you could come up with pricing for your service. Like for me, I roughly know like what I would pay a marketer. And so I can back into like, here's what I think I would charge for my mm. hourly rate, but here's what it has to be for me to make sense. It, it, you have to just be able to like back of the napkin it. And I think what you said is really important to underrated details. Like the first thing you did is go and find somebody else because almost everything has already been done. And so if I'm launching a job board, what is what is remote jobs or whatever or, or we work remote whatever you said like what, what do they have what do they charge for this okay could i could i just make that up and so i think if you're struggling with pricing it's usually already out there in some way and you can figure out and make a guess based on what it should be for you for sure yeah like when i like if you're if you're a marketer and you're going to post a job you're going to go around to all the various places you could post them and the prices are going to fall within I think like a reasonably tight range, you know, but I do feel like it's important to go like really above and beyond. 
for those first customers. You know, the other thing we did actually right. for Len was we did a video, like we did like a Zoom interview. It's so like I interviewed Len. He talked all about the role. You know, all, all, did you all, like, post that video in the community? Uh, yeah. Well, I embedded it in the Notion doc so that anyone uh, who was applying could like see Len, get to know him. So yeah, there was like, I mean, now we uh, we moved away from that model. It actually worked incredibly well, but I don't think people would pay what it's actually worth. You know, like I think that the package that we sold is worth thousands and thousands of dollars, not 300 bucks. Well, yeah, if you could get, if you could say like, if you knew for a fact that you were going to hire, what was it? What was her name? Uh, Rachel. Okay. So like, if you knew that you were going to land Rachel and she was going to work there for X years and be amazing, like you, you know, you could have charged 15, 20, 20 grand for yeah, that, yeah, but there's totally. no, there's no way in at that point in time that that, that makes any sense. Right. Right. Uh, okay. So you got the community, you got the job board. That was kind of the, the beginning. What, what has, what has evolved? Like where, where do you have other channels now? Yeah. So now we have four total lines of business. So the next thing we rolled out after that was a paid membership. So it's like basically what you'd expect. It's like it's courses, it's exclusive content. We pair people up for one-on-one -on -one calls each month with like an agenda, like stuff to chat through. We do monthly office hours. Is it in Slack? Like no. where's the, where's the paid? That all runs in Podia. So it's not, it's not as, it's not a community, you know, like there is like, there are like some kind of community elements to it, but it's not a community in the same way that the rest of the Slack group is. It's more about it's like the a content. Co a content site. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you log in, you get access to all the stuff that other people don't get. So we started rolling that out. And again, like my thing was like, actually at first I, I like was trying to sell these individual, like $50 a month type things. And it just like, wasn't really working. And then I realized like, why am I doing this thing at I don't know how to do like, I know how to go to a team and sell like a, a package to a team, give them a volume discount, try to get their whole team on it, like that type of thing. So that was the direction that started heading pretty quickly. And so a lot of the people who are, who are in that group now are, you know, it's them and their five content marketing coworkers, you know, where I've sold to their, their boss, who's like the VP of marketing or something like that. That's been like a, a whole, I don't know. Each of these lines of business has like its own story to tell, you know, like there's a lot of things about that, that have worked really well. And some that have been incredibly frustrating, but in general, like my whole hypothesis with Superpath is that rising tide lifts all ships. So if we, I like say this to myself every day, like, because the, the, our, our top of funnel, which is the free Slack community is free. It's open to basically anybody, as long as you don't want to come in and spam everybody, you, you can join that has to be like really tightly run has to be really good because the better that is and the more people participate in it and like it and get value from it, the more the other lines of business benefit. And so I feel like there's like a really clear line from like better community, better job board, better community, better paid membership, better community, better sponsorships, which is that that was the next thing we launched was set the fourth line. So you have the free Slack community, the job board paid membership, and then uh, sponsors. There's one more. <laughs> so I don't, What's I don't the consider the, I don't consider the free Slack community, like a line of okay. business necessarily. I more consider kind of like our center of gravity. And then the fourth is the talent marketplace. That's the newest thing we've done actually has been by far the most lucrative thing we've done too. And that take, was take, explain it, talk about it. Yeah, sure. So I go out, I sell a, a content package to a B2B SaaS company, and then I source and vet freelance writers to do the work and I make those connections happen. And then we do some management in the middle. So we have an editor who edits everything. You know, if you need help coming up with ideas, we'll help you come up with ideas. So in some ways it's like, we run it like a very lightweight agency, but the whole gist of it is that we have so many great content creators 
in the Slack group, there's still plenty of demand for content out there. And I'm trying to like trying to figure out like how do we bring those two things Got together? It. So so it's not necessarily like finding like I'm Dave, I work in content, I want a new job. Because a lot of people have approached me to be like, mm. you could could you run like the reverse of your job board? But yeah. I I couldn't do that publicly. It'd just be too much work. And I I think it's an amazing idea. I just I don't want to take it on, which is like candidates and the number one right. question I get is like, do you do you know people? But this is this is not that. This is more not about that. like content work. Like Okay. So you're trying to get a project. Hey, we, we need some articles. We need articles. We need a couple articles a month or we need 20 articles at once or whatever. And then I'll go find freelancers. But actually the reason we came to this, we had toyed around with the idea of a marketplace. Like what would it look like? Who's it for? Is it, you know, all that stuff. But one thing I noticed was the job board, you know, a, a full-time job gets posted and it would get, you know, I don't know. Maybe on average, it would get uh, 20 applicants and like maybe like 100 people total who like interested in it. And like Niceboard kind of lets you measure like clicks to the application. And then like I'm following up with people like how many candidates that you actually actually get that applied. But then I started noticing that some people would post freelance gigs and they would get like 10 times as much interest. And it got my brain thinking like a company hires a content marketer like, I don't know, like not that often, like once a year, maybe if that, but they work with freelancers all the time. So there's just like this, this cadence of work that needs to happen. And, um, so I like set out to do some customer research. I talked to a bunch of B2B SaaS content people to figure out like, how do you find freelancers? Is it a pain in the ass? You know, like, what have you learned? Who do you work with? Like, what do you pay them? All this kind of stuff. Everybody across the board says it's a headache. You know, like I basically just lean on my personal network to find people. There's no place to go, you know? And then on the freelance side, like they have a whole bunch of problems too. Like it's annoying to get paid. A lot of freelancers don't really like the business development part of it. You know, like they, they're happy to, to do the work, but they don't really want to spend a bunch of time like going out and finding customers. And uh, so I was like, I think we could figure this out. So like, same thing. I just like made a little Airtable base. You know, there's like a form you fill out. To, if you need an article, right? Like that, we have a little thing that helps us match with a writer and we manage it all on air. Actually, we still manage it all on Airtable for like 50 bucks a month. And yeah, that's again, like, again, that has like a whole, I could talk to you for like two hours about all the things that have happened with that. But that's been really interesting because I feel like it's a huge value add to the community. Anytime people can come there and transact, you know, and that's become like that. I didn't, I didn't think that that would be important, but I feel like it's become really important that, um, what makes the Slack group sticky, I think, is that if you can come there and transact, like you can pick up work, you can hire somebody, you can find a freelancer, you know, you can like do these like sort of important like day-to-day -day job things there, sometimes for free, sometimes we monetize, but you keep coming back. Yeah, because it's, it's so interesting. I, I didn't know that much about, about your business. It's cool to learn today because um, you have a lot of like selfish benefit driven reasons for people to want to be in the community. It's not just like, yeah, here's another, cause there's a million communities. I'm sure there's millions of communities where people talk about content. And so, but would you have the others? Like you could be like, I have no interest in, in being a community in, in being in the community and like another Slack group or Facebook group to check. But like, I'm a, I work on the content team at HubSpot and like, I want to make another 500 bucks a month. And like, here's this, here's this like place for content people that like helps them get side gigs yeah. uh, and there's jobs. Like there's lots of hooks there beyond, I think you've built like many hooks beyond the community for it to be valuable, which is super smart. Yeah. I will say, I feel like in some ways we've spread ourselves pretty thin because for a long time it was just me. We hired one person now, so I had one person helping, but the dream was this like multi, multi lines of business, you know, like sort of diverse 
uh, streams of income and all that. And like, it actually does work, but you, you could spend all of your time just on one thing. Like each of them is, has enough potential. I think that it warrants someone working on full time and like, maybe we'll get there at some point. I don't know. But so I find that I have to find, I have to like, I have to like sort of comfort myself sometimes to be like the dream that you came up with was a business with four lines of revenue, not four perfect lines of revenue because they always each have things going on that need work. Well, it also it also depends on what you want though also, right? Because like there's a there's a certain point where like some of the things that you might enjoy about like being a solo entrepreneur working for yourself is like, you know, family time and flexibility and like, you know, I I think about this all the time where I think that what I, I think that exit five could be a $10 million a year business. No, no problem. I mean, not, no problem. Not that it would take no problem, but like, I, I see it. I, yeah. I've seen other companies do it, Content Marketing Institute or others like, and I see the demand for it. Uh, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to do that because what that would require would like, I would probably have to work a hundred hours a week on it. And there's yeah, people yeah. who might say, well, hundred, you know, you could build a $10 million business, but I got at this point in my life, I have, I have enough. I have young kids. I want to, I'm trying to optimize for like, I want high income and revenue. Sure. I do want that, but I also want time with my family and stuff right now. And so they're, they're, I'm sure you have a same thing where you're like, you're like, this is crazy. We have these five, we have five things here. Like each one of these could be its own business. I could have a team of four people and each, each, like there's a pod of people that work on each one of these things. And it's a business. I'm sure you think about that all the time. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I would say like, so I have a business partner too, which adds like another layer of complexity to the whole thing. I think- Has that always been the has that always been the case? And I just didn't know that. Yeah. So, so uh, Walter's a kind of a silent partner. I mean, he, basically what happened was um, I said, I want to do this business. I can't go to zero. I've got a mortgage. I got, uh, I got a baby on the way. Uh, it's like two months into COVID and like, I have no idea what's going on in the world. Like it was- I just was not in a place in my life to bootstrap the thing from nothing. So we came up with this agreement, um, which I've written extensively about. So this is not like brand new information, but basically Walter said, I'll put up enough money for you to take a salary for one year. And in exchange for that, I want equity. And the goal is let's get it profitable within one year. And actually it felt like that was a really good deal. Like it made it really possible for me to like just go in and think a little bit longer term, not thinking about, you know, how much money can I make this month to replace the income I used to have? It's more like, okay, I got 12 months to figure out a way to get us just in the green, you know, or in the black, I guess. And uh, that was great. Can we pause on that for a second? What What was the actual process of like, you know, because there, there's probably legal, like, how did you figure out the right amount of equity? How did you set up the business? Like, can you just talk through some of that? Yeah, for sure. So Walter had been my boss for almost five years and we had worked together really closely and we had had it out some couple times. And like, we just, I think we just trusted each other. Like we had been through some like really challenging, like business stuff already. And so I think we both felt like pretty comfortable that we could figure out how to make this work. And, uh, I'm trying to think how we, I don't know. I mean, basically we started talking, I mean, we made a spreadsheet. We started talking about numbers. Like actually that felt like pretty uncomfortable at first to be like really frank about numbers and equity and how much I thought we needed to get rolling and stuff like that. And 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 is it equity under the assumption that, cause, cause equity is like, equity only means something if there's an exit. And so like, yeah. is this like, well, Hey, we think not necessarily, not necessarily. So as of this month, Walter takes a share of our profits, which was the plan all along. Ah, got it. So, 
okay, so you don't need to sell the business. It's like, if we can grow this to X a year, you would get this in profits. And exactly. so now he like, he invested in it, got it going. He consults with you and helps you, but he's just basically getting a, a dividend every month or whatever, or exactly. a check every month. Yeah, exactly. And we came up with a formula where like, there's a lot of math involved in this, you know? And so like we had a ba- I have a base salary and the, the deal is if, if I make more money, Golden Walk, which is his holding company, also makes more money in equal proportion. So like I get my salary and then anything above that gets split. And it's like a fairly conservative amount. It's not, it's not crazy. Yeah. And his, like Walter's whole thing to me, one of the reasons I felt very comfortable doing this was, was like, he, he told me and continues to tell me often, long-term thinking is a competitive advantage. So if you're thinking like, if I do this for five years or 10 years, one, you start thinking about like, how do I make it sustainable so that I like doing it? You know, like how do we focus the whole thing on profitability, just generally running like a healthy business, you know? And also like, how do we over time, we're not there yet, but like, how do we over time get me less involved in a lot of the day-to-day stuff, which is like a hundred percent my goal is that I feel like I'm trying to set up these different lines of business. It's a lot of work to get it rolling, but I also see how each of them could run almost independently, probably with like some human assistance, but not, not a ton so that. I don't have to, you know, like, I guess my, my thinking on the whole thing has been like, I am a hundred percent doing this because I want better work-life balance. I want to spend more time with the family. I have all these hobbies I like doing, you know, but I also feel like we're in this sort of like kind of intense period to get it all working the way I want it to work. But I have, but I see the vision, you know what I mean? And like a lot of that stuff has already kicked in. How, how is all, how is all that stuff managed behind the scenes? Cause it can't be, it can't be manual. Like how much you get paid, how much he get paid based on the, the revenue and all that stuff. How, how does that work? It's just a simple formula. Like we have a simple formula. I mean, actually, I don't, I don't really mind sharing. Like basically the way that we do it is we take 25% of the monthly profits and split it. Got it. Okay. So I get base salary plus 12 and a half percent of monthly profits. Walter gets just 12 and a half percent of monthly profits. So that still leaves 75% of the profits to go back into the business. And at some point we may decide to do something with that. Yeah. It's just so, no, I'm, I'm so fascinated by this because it's like completely opposite of the, like I have a setup where, and, it, and it's much different. I, I'm not, I don't have um as, as much of a long-term plan. And so it's like, for me, my, I pay myself a salary through the business. Right. But it's also all goes back to me because it's all, you know, all the profits. And so it's this weird mix of like, I have a salary on paper and that's mostly for like, for tax and income reasons. Right. But like, what, what, how do you, how do you manage like the, the variability? Like what if all of a sudden in the next three months, Superpath goes nuts? Does that all just go back into the, into some account somewhere? And you, but like you, you, you and your family. If it goes nuts in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like you just, you, you, you print a ton of money in the next, in the next quarter and like, you want to grab, you know, 20 grand to go do something yeah, uh, yeah. or make an investment. Like how, how does that work? Yeah. You're just not going to do it. So we have, we have a checking account, which has been building up over the years. It's looking pretty nice lately. And, and like, I definitely look at that sometime and I feel like half that's mine. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, so we, so Wait, we have who's this, is the other half. Who's is the other half? Walters. I thought it was 25%. Oh, you oh, no. each get 25%? No, no. So like, so he owns 50% of the business overall. Okay. Okay. Right? I got and, it. I got yeah, it. Yeah. And then each month we divvy up 20%, 25% of the profits. And then um, we, we reserve the right to, at the end of the year, talk about what to do with 
the other 75% of profits. Got it. You know? Okay, that makes so, sense. So in some ways it's it's almost easier because it's like, you just have a longer time horizon. So like, yeah, hey, we'll make that decision for like, you know, at the end of the year when we look at, when we look at profit stuff. Totally. You mentioned hiring someone. Is this uh, full-time salary benefits? Like how do you, how deal, do you yeah. set up hiring? Yeah. Whole deal. Yeah. And um, I, I've always envisioned having a team, but a small team, like a really lean team. That's kind of the way I, I hope to run the whole thing. Um, so we hired a person, her name is Sierra. She runs our content marketing and the community. And the two are very tightly tied together, which is why I wanted to keep those in one role. And um, so she manages all the day-to-day stuff in the community. She does all the moderation, you know, she facilitates conversation, all that kind of stuff. And then she basically cherry picks the best stuff and turns it into evergreen content for the blog. And uh, I felt that was a pretty important role. One, because Slack community management was getting to be unwieldy for one person to deal with. And then um, two, like we had never capitalized on the Slack Slack group for growth, you know, like there's so much happening in there, but it's all kind of trapped in there. And so I was, I felt like that was one, it's like a way for us to kind of like walk the walk. Right. But it's also like, there's just like a ton of awesome stuff in there that I think that we should be leveraging for growth, you know, more people on the site, more people on the newsletter, use it to drive more people in the Slack group. So, so that's what she does. Yeah. And she's yeah full-time benefits, the whole deal. When did you make the change to uh, name it super path? How did you come up with that? Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, right at the beginning. So, right, right. I mean, I, when we decided, like, okay, this is going to be a business, I, I knew immediately, like, content marketing career, Slack. <laughs> it wasn't going to work. Uh, and the name is a mixture of um, at animals. Our our mascot was Super Lucky Cat, which is like a like a little stuffed animal uh, that um, I think the is Asahi, the beer company, it's like a Japanese beer company. Anyways, I don't. They had like done some promo at some bar and we ended up with this like Asahi cat that we called the super lucky cat and an animal is like our, uh, our shared email address and some of like the, the, the names that we used for uh, like internal projects and documents and stuff was super lucky cat. And because I, in some ways felt that this was like born from animals and in some ways a spinoff too, I wanted to keep the, some, some nod to that. And then the path just came from like career path and Mixing those two things together. What's a what's your website built on? It looks nice. Uh, Webflow, but only as of like a couple weeks ago. It was on Squarespace for years before that. You just kind of hacked it together yourself. Yeah, like two hours. <laughs> just like threw it together because, you know, that's what we do with everything. We just like so that it, to make Please, it work. More people need more people need to hear that Notion, Google Docs, Squarespace. Like this is, I think you have the tools to like build something and get feedback and then scale and. Yeah, now you feel good about like actually spending dollars in a nicely designed website from, for sure from Webflow. But basically, your your old website fun, funded that. <laughs> like that's how it works. Oh, for sure. I feel like you know. I apologize. I'm just running a second because I got we were doing an office hours. All good. We're gonna we'll wrap up. Don't worry. Yeah. No. The um. I feel like the no code thing is amazing for like I can't code. You know what I mean. And even if I could, I shouldn't be spending a bunch of time doing it. It's not the right. It's not the right time investment for me. Uh, so I feel like using no code to like to understand your specs, you know, like we, I built a website in Squarespace in two hours. We used it for like two years. And by Amazing. the time we did it for two, I knew every single problem with it. And I knew every single thing I wanted out of a real website. Okay. Last question, since we got to wrap up and I want to ask you about this, how has your life changed more positive, negative since kind of going out on, on your own? And, and what would you, what would you say about life before and after in a company versus working for yourself? Uh, it's a lot. I mean, I, I don't, it's both. It's easier and it's harder. You know, like I feel the 
I feel the the burden of it sometimes for sure. You know, like I like literally last night I was like trying to go to sleep and I was like, damn it, I forgot to do whatever. And I'm like making notes on my phone because I'm like, I have no one's gonna do it. I have to do it, <laughs> you know? And so there's definitely some of that. Um, there's also just like amazing benefits, you know. Uh, like I live in Vail, Colorado. I ski all the time, you know. There's no one, I don't have to be accountable to anybody. I love that. I could never go back to like someone wondering where I am and what I'm doing all the time, you know? But I would say, yeah, I like, I would say it's harder than I thought to, for sure. You know, it's more work for sure, but it's also more incentivizing and more satisfying work. You know, I would definitely say that. Like, I see a future for this. Same like you said with XF5, like there, I we could grow this for a long time. You know what I mean? We, this could be a really cool business and I could take it whatever direction ends up feeling right. I love that. I love knowing that like, I don't have to go somewhere else to find the work-life balance or the, the work that I want to do. Like I can do it all right here. It's like, it's totally up to me how all that stuff gets shaped. Yeah, man. All right. This was awesome. Go, you got to go. I'll talk to you later. Thank you for doing this. Just don't close the window after you know, you know the drill. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. It's good to chat, man. Appreciate you. This is really fun. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Exit 5 podcast. If you're in B2B marketing and you want to grow your career, you should also go and check out everything that we have over at exit5.com. We've got articles, we've got videos, we've got templates. Plus, we have a community, a community of over 4,000 B2B marketing pros. Whether you're deep in your career and want to connect with your peers or just starting up and you want a place to go where you can see what people are talking about, get smarter about B2B marketing in your own time to grow your career and help grow your company, go and check it out. It's exit5.com. You can get on the email list there. You can join the community. There's 4,000 marketers in the community. We have a job board. We're always adding new stuff. It's really becoming the number one place you can go if you want to grow your career and learn more about B2B marketing outside of what you're doing inside of your company every day. So check it out, exit5.com. And I also want to make sure I give a shout out to my friends at Hatch. That's hatch.fm. They produce this podcast. It sounds amazing because of the work that they do. And they work with B2B companies just like yours. They offer unlimited podcast editing and strategy for businesses. You can get unlimited podcast editing and on-demand strategy for a low monthly cost. All you got to do is just upload your episode and they take care of the rest. Go and check them out. It's hatch.fm. This episode of the Exit 5 podcast is brought to you by Apollo.io. There are three main factors that determine the success of your ABM programs. Number one, accurate target account lists with verified contact data. Number two, keeping your CRM data actionable with reliable enrichment. And number three, going beyond serving ads with automated outbound emails. Apollo offers an all-in-one solution for these needs. Easily discover target accounts with over 65 filters, including technographics, buyer intent, and job titles. Automatically validate and enrich contact data, streamline outreach, and boost campaign effectiveness with just a few clicks. They're ranked number one for contact and company data accuracy on G2. And with over 6,000 reviews and a 4.8 star rating, it makes sense why they're one of the most loved products out there right now. You can sign up for free with no credit card entry required. That's free for real free. No credit card even required at Apollo.io slash exit five. That's A-P-O-L-L-O dot I-O slash exit five.